Hello, welcome back to Feed Post. I am your host, Joe Jackson. Joining me as always is my friend and co-host, Aiden Kuntz. Aiden, how are you doing today? Doing great. Doing great. Uh, good to be back. Obviously, we, we uh, missed Monday. I've been sick. I uh, had some, some sinus stuff, but uh, back here now, been been enjoying uh, Purdue's play, obviously, lately. My own play, my West Lafayette basketball, we haven't lost in a couple weeks yeah. uh so it's it's been good man other than the, the sinus infection it's been good overall that's good to hear obviously minus the sinus infection that is no fun at all well um, those happen here in west lafayette those happen quite often that the air is when you go from you when you're walking around campus and air that feels like negative five and then you walk into a, a classroom that's heated that contrast is is not great for the uh sinus system not great at all not not one bit and that's just you know that's indiana or at least northern indiana for you definitely west lafayette yeah yeah for sure so yeah we're just gonna today you know like you said we we missed the monday purdue pods we're gonna just kind of lump everything into one um we'll go over briefly each of the you know the past few games for purdue um and then the big thing is, is we're gonna hit on the the purdue iu preview uh, big game Saturday should be a lot of fun and we're, we're, we'll get pretty in depth into that. But um, before we do that, just kind of recap since the last time we had a podcast, a Purdue podcast specifically, um, Purdue beat Michigan 75-70, Michigan State 77-61, in which Mackey um, had the loudest recorded decibel reading ever. Um, and then just as yesterday, we're recording Thursday, uh, just yesterday, Purdue beats Penn State 80 to 60, in which Mason Gillis goes for 29 and has nine threes. Um, but yeah, just overall, you know, three get solid wins for Purdue. Um, the Michigan game ended up only being five points, like a five point win, but it, the second half felt closer to eight to 10 uh, for most yeah. of it. You know, there's a yep. couple of random, just random stuff right at the end that, that makes it a lot closer than what it is. Um, you know, Purdue's very clearly the number one team in the country right now. Um, one loss and even that was on just the last second shot like they're just they're they're really um they're playing some of their probably best basketball I think right now maybe besides the PK 85 but um what are you just just kind of general thoughts over the past few games whatever you kind of yeah want to no I think I think you just hit on it like this was the week where they hit a new level that we hadn't previously seen in Big Ten play even though they were winning games um, you know, the three-point win over Maryland where Maryland has like six straight threes to potentially tie it and they keep getting offensive rebounds and you feel like, all right, well, we won, but it wasn't pretty. The Michigan State game obviously coming down to the wire, the Ohio State game, even the Nebraska game earlier on in the year, like they had had four Big Ten games that could have gone either way. And now this week, albeit not against maybe the top of the Big Ten, uh, at least record-wise and, and Ken Palm-wise, you know, they these three games were never in doubt um even the michigan game that was a little bit closer because baker banks in a three like that game was was in produce control and and again like we've talked about it when you're the number one team and you're going on the road i mean michigan was a desperate team at that point and so that 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 win shouldn't be discounted just because michigan 67th in ken palm and, and obviously they got just housed the, the next game against penn state but, you know, that, that was a win even without Jet Howard. But having Jet Howard out makes it better defensively. So it, it, it just, you know, I think that was a solid win to start the week. And then you get to come home to Mackey as the number one team. And, and those two opponents just didn't have a chance at Mackey. Um, you know, if Purdue's hitting shots like they were uh, against Michigan State, you know, I think 
what they go seven to 17 from three. Uh, yeah. Obviously the, the game plan there was Edie and then it gets Penn state, you know, where Shrews does everything in his power to take away Edie limits him to nine shots. Of course, Edie still scores 18. And then, you know, you, you get that just an explosion from Gillis and the, and the crew going 14 to 31 from three, you know, you know, from Purdue, Combines hit 21 threes over two games at home against, you know, not top non top 40 opponents. Like they're going to win those games. Um, and, and they did just that. They, they really, they, you know, you have to hit shots in Mackey because if you don't, the, the crowd's going to get restless, but when you do yep. the crowd explodes, you know, we right. both know that and it becomes almost insurmountable. I, I said on the show last night, like on our brags and spoilers in the stands post game show, like, when it's, you know, Strews talked about it. He did everything in his power to take away Lawyer. At one time, they went triangle and two in that game, trying to take mm-hmm. away Edie and Lawyer. And uh, and and so, like, when one guy's hitting nine threes, um, it's one thing when, when that's Carson Edwards or whoever, like, the top guy. But when it's, like, the sixth guy, the, the guy off the bench, it's just, like, I don't know how you deal with that as, a, as another team. Um, it, you know, Penn State, like, they just had no chance with Mason Gillis hitting all those shots. And some of those – we're Penn State's fault. Uh, he can thank Caleb Dorsey. Really, should buy him a steak dinner. He he was responsible for half of those uh, yeah. threes, at least. Uh, Painter talked about it post game one time, saying he just he thought he could manipulate it by having Gillis go ball side with Edie, and then thinking that Dorsey, the the freshman, would make or sorry, the was it Dorsey? Yeah, Dorsey. Uh, yeah, it was Dorsey. Not a fre- Yeah, not a freshman, but uh, you know, he talked about oh, you know he thought maybe Dorsey would help off because their game plan was so, um, you know, so revolved around helping Edie, you know, helping on Edie. And then he just leaves Gillis, digs down off Gillis, ball side, and Gillis gets another good look. Shrews was, was pretty frustrated after that one. So, yeah, it, it felt like these two games were less about, you know, they're harder to analyze, I think, because they just were Purdue playing at, it's peak, you know, it seems, mm-hmm. uh, at least it's peak right now. They still have places to improve, but you know, what Purdue's gotten off the bench these past two games, um, Kaufman Wren was really good against Michigan. Uh, David Jenkins was really good on, on Sunday against Michigan state. And then of course, Gillis was just in another world, um, against Penn state. I think the emergence of the bench as a compliment to this elite starting five that has been per Evan Maya, one of the better lineups in the country. Um, has really cemented Purdue as the best team in the country. You know, that you know, without that emergence of that bench, which we hadn't seen a whole lot of through most of the season, uh, there was some question as to whether Purdue, you know, was legit as a contender. And I think now if the bench is playing the way they are, um, there there is less of a question in that regard. Yeah, I think that's the big thing is the bench has been huge these past few games after we were I mean, we got on them a bit, um, just like, yeah. hey, like, there's just absolutely no bench for, you know, kind of the, the middle part of January. Um, and and they responded. Jenkins is getting more comfortable in his role. TKR seems to kind of settle down some. Um, I thought, you know, I've said it on the uh, boilers and stands. I thought TKR played really good defense against Penn State. Um, he, he's he's interesting, and we'll we'll definitely dive into him in the offseason. He's interesting because, like, he's not a rim protector, and he's not – quick enough to really guard the perimeter, but he's also not yeah. bad on the perimeter. So it, it'll yeah. be, it'll be interesting. Um, But yeah, no, just, just um, like you said, for like the Penn state game specifically on the offensive side, there's, so, there's just not a ton you can take away. Cause it's just, okay. Mason Gillis, 
you know, got good shots and he knocked them all down. Um, obviously he's not going to go nine for 12, most games from three. Um, but, but, you know, so what, you know, what, it, what really is translatable, um, Edie had 38 and 13 against Michigan state, just absolutely monster. Um, you know, 46% usage, zero turnovers, three steals, a block and three assists to go along with it. Um, Jenkins hit three threes that game. He went three for four with a couple just uh, right, you know, one or two right down to, to the end of the shot clock. Had the one going into the half that, that you know, mm-hmm. made Mackey erupt. Um, but, yeah, this team is just really rounding into form. Like, you know, the Michigan-Mission State games, like, I don't think Smith played well, but it didn't matter, right? Like, and we've seen at times, like, if Smith doesn't play well, this team, um, you know, when the bench wasn't going and Smith doesn't play well, that that's when the team really struggled. Uh, you know, I didn't think Smith played bad per se at Michigan and Michigan State, uh, but I don't think, you know, no. I don't think it was great at all. But, you know, you now you have Jenkins come off the bench. He's comfortable. They're playing together. Um, Gilson first, obviously Gills knocks down all the threes against Penn State, but just in general, they just give so much energy. Like you're not going to get a drop off from Gills or first energy wise rebounding, like just the hustle stuff. And for, you know, a team that has a lawyer who can create a shot, Edie is obviously just dominant down low. Like Smith can run pick and roll like, you don't need Gills and first to be huge offensive threats. You just need them to do everything else. And then if they hit threes, um, you know, that that's great. Um, you need, you need them to hit a couple just for spacing and that, but yeah, no, this team is just rounding into form and it's a good time to do it. About eight games left. Uh, they're 11 and one in conference. So just, you know, like it's, um, it's theirs for the taking that it's going to have to be a meltdown for, for them to lose, um, to lose the big 10 outright, but let alone a share. Um, but yeah, I, know, yeah and I think, a- yeah, I just had a couple things. Like, I think with the Michigan State Penn State, like, um, you saw two coaches try completely opposite approaches on Edie, you know, yeah, uh, Izzo going with the well, if we leave him, you know, Izzo talking about, well, if we leave him, you know, we'll let Smith and Lawyer get off, and and I get that to some degree, but I, I do think when you're Michigan State and you have the personnel that they do, I, I think you have to double. Um, obviously, that obviously, right after he went for 38, but, you know, Izzo just yeah. didn't, didn't believe in it, but, you know, he doesn't have the horses to play him straight up. I don't think. Um, and, and again, like you, like you said, like he limited lawyer and Smith to combine 12 points on what 11 shots total between the two of them Izzo did. Uh, but then you let Edie go crazy, you know, and it's just an automatic two points down the floor and, and on a point points per possession basis, like that's just not sustainable. Um, and then you look at Penn State, Shrews throws the house at him, you know, with with even worse personnel. So I think he knew he had to, you know, kind of do that with Han in there and Dorsey and, and Jai getting less minutes, but but kind of doubling him up, triangle and two, just throwing zones at him, whatever. And it kind of worked for a little bit there with Han kind of having that little unsustainable stretch there at the start. Um, but again, like then, you know, other somebody else gets loose. And that's just the thing about this team is is you can take away uh you can try to take away Edie and limit him to like 18 like that seems about be his four right now uh Edie's range seems to basically be like 18 to 40 and like if you single cover him he'll probably get near 40 and if you really sell out he'll probably still find a way to get 18 just off offensive rebounds and free throws and uh but somebody you know is gonna is gonna get off and and Smith obviously was excellent he was a big reason why Gillis was yep. had as good a game as he did, you know, really, and and hitting him on that roll and replace as we talked about last night, and um, just just had a great feel for the game. Nine assists, zero turnovers is is pretty nuts. 
uh, against, you know, a team in Penn State who obviously doesn't force a lot of turnovers. So uh, take that with a grain of salt, I guess, a little bit. But, yeah, just a great week, and and they just seem to be rolling from a confidence perspective going into this IU matchup. Like, I don't think we could ask for anything more um, than two blowout home wins over, you know, good tournament teams. I mean, tournament caliber teams, you yeah. know, going into to Bloomington and what will probably be the most difficult game left. Obviously, uh, Illinois might be, you could argue, is a better team. Uh, but the the road factor, the assembly hall factor uh, versus that Illinois game at home, you know, I think I think this is a huge game and and it fits a little bit with our, our we're not obviously doing a Big Ten specific pod, but this is probably the biggest game in the conference um, just because right. it's a showcase game for the conference. And there's no there's not going to be any games this year that decide the conference, obviously. Uh, Purdue is just going to kind of run away with it. But, you know, at least this game will be the two ranked teams in the conference, the best rivalry in the conference. Uh, great. I, this should be just an awesome environment that that hopefully a lot of people tune into and and you know put on for the Big Ten a little bit. Yeah, for sure. We'll 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 get into the IU preview now. Um, IU's started one and four in Big Ten play. They've had the injury bug. They had you know Johnson is still out. Um, Race just came back two games ago. Geronimo's kind of out now. Um, you know they they've dealt with that. Started one and four in conference play. They're now six and five. Have won five of their past six. They lost their last game at Maryland by eleven, in which they just they couldn't hit shots, uh, just flat out. Um, I'm gonna leave it up to you. Where do you want to go? We're gonna. I know we're we're gonna hit on a bunch for this preview. Like, where do you want to go for this to start? Yeah, well, I think for starters, you got to look at who's IU gonna have. Um, it seems pretty obvious. Geronimo's gonna be out, but uh, or sorry, not Geronimo. Seems obvious Johnson's going to be out. Uh, even he though he tweeted just got something like back soon. Yeah, yeah, right. I know. But I think he just got out of a boot, so I don't wouldn't expect that. Maybe he comes in with a little surprise or whatever. But um, Geronimo, I think is a is going to be like a, a 50-50 kind of thing. He's mm-hmm. got a calf strain, I think, and then Duncan has has got my thing. He's got a, a bad sinus infection, and he hasn't been playing. Um, okay. So, so. Again, you wouldn't think normally Duncan, but with their lack of size, that could matter. Um, we we talked about on the show last night, like they and last year's win over over Purdue was a weird felt a weird script because Edie was successful in his first shift, as they called it last year before Travion went in, and he he was able to get Trace in foul trouble because Trace has has historically really struggled guarding Edie one on one, just a sheer math just on another level uh it's like a six inch 60 70 pound difference between those two guys for for as good as trace is it's just it he has trouble with that level of size and length as anyone his size would um and and you know trace is is really good usually getting to his left um but i think at times his touch around the rim leaves a little bit to be desired and so when Edie is there as kind of this insurmountable traffic cone at times it it's difficult for trace to you know finish over him uh finish around him it just it just it ratchets up the degree of difficulty on those those left hooks that trace likes um and, it, and he can't really obviously bully Edie in a, in a fashion that that he can with most other bigs even if they're a little bit bigger than him you know now obviously he's much quicker than Edie, so uh, that will be a, an interesting battle in there you know, but I think the Geronimo thing matters because Thompson has been really, really, really struggling since he came back from injury. Um, mm-hmm. He's not shooting it at all, really. Um, he, he just he hasn't been good defensively. Um, 
he's slow. You know, he looks a little slow. Um, and, and the same could be said about Renew defensively. You watch that Maryland game. They were relentlessly attacking Renew on closeouts. And you think maybe for a guy like Caleb First, maybe wouldn't look to do that as much, but a guy like Mason Gillis absolutely would. Um, and especially coming off a nine for 12 game from three, you know, yeah. I think there's going to be a point of emphasis of, Hey, this guy's going to be closing you out long. He's going to be running you off the line drive, maybe get to that little pull up that Mason's shown a little bit better touch on this year, or just get to the rim, get a paint touch, make a play for others. Um, so I think that'll be interesting. Like how much does renew play at the four does race? Yeah. They played race quite a bit, even though he has been struggling. Um, and then of course, does, does painter mix it up and, and try Edie on Thompson because he hasn't been shooting it well. And then first on Jackson Davis, uh, the reason I, I would consider that, and then I've gotten some pushback on that on Twitter, but the reason I would consider that is Trace has shown an ability this year to lead the break for IU, um, to, mm-hmm. to grab a defensive rebound, dribble it up the floor. It's not like he's Giannis. He's not driving to score uh, in these situations, but he has been able to make plays for others. Uh, you saw against Maryland a, a really nice pass by Trace where he he grabbed it. This was late in the second half. He grabbed it, drove, and it threw a little shovel pass to Hood Shafina, who was cutting through the lane. Um, and Hood Shafino scored off of it, you know, and and he's really improved as a passer. And so do you want Edie pedaling, um, trying to keep up with Trace in transition, or would they would you be more comfortable with the quicker first picking him up and then Edie finding Thompson? And then if you if they throw it out and they throw it back in, Edie can come and double on the post, which he's had quite a bit of success with. Um, being big, being mobile, getting steals, getting deflections. You know, it, it's still six, eight, six, nine trace um, is not going to have a lot of, it's not going to be a lot of fun to try and pass out of a, a first ED double team, you know, especially yeah. when ED is the guy coming. Like, I mean, that, that does not sound like a very easy task. Now, with that being said, and I'm sorry to keep rambling here, which I kind of am, but I think you got to look at like, okay, yes, you're leaving race, but do you, do you kind of rotate over at race? Do you fake fall at race? Cause you don't want to leave cop. You don't want to leave Galloway and you really don't want to leave Hood Shafino. So as far as rotations go, how do they want to manage that? That's going to be a good question. You know, race just hasn't punished people from three this season. He's Mm -hmm. I think shooting two, yeah, 25% from three for the season Uh, in conference. He's one for eight from three and obviously hasn't played quite a bit, but that, that to me is something intriguing. Um, Now, maybe you just let Edie work on trace and say, Hey, he's not going to score in the post. But I think what we saw with Dickinson was he caught it in that mid post, faced up and, and drove around Edie. And Edie's reluctance to to block every shot now with, with his, you know, increased, you know, kind of increased focus on not getting fouls. You know, Trace could really take it to him, I think. I, I believe that. Um, I think some Purdue fans would would disagree with that. There is obviously a extreme hatred for Trace, and I get that, but you know, he's a good player. And uh yeah. and I think he can expose some of Edie, you know. In the past, he's going to try to block every shot because he knows he has number 50 backing him up. Now it's less of that. You know, now he doesn't want to, to try and block shots. And we see that all the time. He's he's even said it in interviews. He says, I'd rather give up a layup than take a foul because that means more to my team. I mean, my minutes being out there means more than giving up a, an easy two. Yeah. So I think that that's going to be uh, the chess match, right? Like that's that is going to be the the battle along with, you know, the drop coverage, which I'm sure you'll you'll hit on at some point here. But that's kind of my initial thoughts, and I'm fascinated to see how it plays out. 
yeah, it's going to be a fun game. I think you hit on a lot. You hit on a lot of good stuff. Um, it's, you know, I've had the similar thoughts of do, you know, do we see first on trace at all just because of the mobility. Um, but then, you know, there's the drop coverage where uh, Jalen Huchifino is going to shoot a lot of mid ranges if he has them. Uh, we'll, if that happens, you know, Edie's really good in drop coverage. He's going to force mid ranges. And then you're just honestly just kind of playing the lottery of, which Huchifino are we going to get? Are we going to get, you know, some of the ones that, um, you know, he put up, I think, like 30 against Northwestern, stuff like that. Uh, let's see, 33 against Northwestern. He had 24 against Ohio State, um, although a lot of those were threes. You know, or the Maryland game where he goes one for 12 from two and 0 for two from three. Um, that honestly, if Edie is on trace, that might just be the game, is how many jumpers can Huchifino make. Um, Purdue or IU is a... They're a really good three-point shooting team on very low volume, uh, 22nd in three-point percentage, but they're like bottom 20 in three-point attempt rate. So, you know, there's different – it's going to be interesting because I, we, we're assuming Morton takes Huchifino, um, at least for starters. Her, Morton takes Huchifino. Um, Braden Smith will probably take Galloway or Bates. Galloway's been starting, so I assume it's him, and then Lawyer will yeah. probably take Cop. You know, yep. Galloway's shooting over 50% from three somehow right now. Um, he's yeah. 19 for 37 on the year. Cop is shooting lights out. He's 44%. Um, Bates off the bench is 41%. You know, not crazy, crazy volume, but still really, you know, legit shooters that, um, you know, Lawyer and Smith won't be able to have, you know, will have to be able to uh, close out on, you know, force some, force some dribbles and stuff like that. Um, and maybe that helps them if their focus is, all right, just don't let this guy shoot the ball. Like maybe that leads to less, you know, defensive breakdowns on their end. Um, but it's going to be interesting because, you know, IU is going to do pretty much one of like three things. They're going to let Trace just push um, and then try to like spray it out from there. They're going to run a pick and roll in which Huchifino gets a lob or, or throws a lob or gets a mid-range pull up. Or they're just going to let Trace work in the post. Um, that, that's yeah, a lot. That's their offense. Yeah. That's pretty much it. They're good at it. They're very good at it. Um, you know, Trace has been a monster. Huchifino has been had his games. Um and then the like I said, the shooters have just the shooters have knocked down shots, and that's big. Um, if that happens, then it becomes just a lot tougher. Um, but then on the other end too, it's like IU um, for synergy. IU is in the 16th percentile in defending post ups, so that uh, probably puts them. There's 363 teams that probably puts them like 310th in post defense, um, roughly in the country. They've only doubled 14 times this year. So they, they have not doubled a bunch. And I, I mentioned this on the Boilers in the Stands uh, post game. Also, quick side note, forgot to mention this. If you guys want more in-depth breakdowns on like the Penn State, Michigan State, Michigan games, definitely go to Braggs in the Stands on YouTube. We're doing Boilers in the Stands, but it's Braggs in the Stands on YouTube. I think we're on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts now too. We have very more in-depth uh, breakdowns post game. We're going to have one live after the I, right after the IU game. So definitely hop into that. Um, but yeah, I was just saying like IU has struggled defending post-ups um, just flat out. You know, they haven't doubled a ton. And so if you haven't doubled a ton, you know, the, the then your rotations, like it's tough to get your rotations spot on within two days, right? If you're just not used to doubling and having to rotate out. And now as, you know, it's kind of turning it back to the beginning. Gillis knocks down threes now. Jenkins is knocking down threes now. Smith and Lawyer, obviously, they're yeah, they're going to do yeah. their thing. Um, now you have guys who are legitimately knocking down. Morden's been shooting well from three as of late. Um, you have legitimate guys that are knocking down threes. And so, like, 
if IU does, assuming they do double, um, you know, they, they have, they also have to rotate really well now. And they're, if they're not used to it, it becomes a lot tougher. So, you know, there's going to be that chess match too, of like, it does, you know, does Woodson leave TJD just on ED one-on-one? I can't imagine that too much. Um, I you know, cause I think imagine. you have to protect, you have to protect trace on with fouls, right? Like you can't afford him to pick up fouls. Um, so there's that part. Too. Know, it's just going to be, it's going to be interesting. And also and just, the, yeah, go ahead. Good. Ahead. I was going to say, you know, um, Smith and lawyer have not looked like freshmen. This environment is going to be the wildest environment. I guarantee they've ever been, um, at least a road environment they've ever been a part of. And so like, you know, even last year is like that team had been through a ton of, um, you know, different atmospheres, but it's just different when legitimately everybody in the in the stadium hates you and, and is going to heckle you for three straight hours before tip. Yes. And during yes. the game. Um yes. I'm not saying Smith and Lawyer won't handle it, but you know, there, there's that aspect too of it. Yeah, there is. And I think it's nice to have um a seven foot four bodyguard, if you will, from that. What I mean by that is he's gonna get 90% of the hate. Uh, yeah. so yeah. That's true. Do, the direct direct some attention there on the ED, which is is good for those guys. And obviously they are, you know, it it it's quite a bit easier if you have the skill that they do. And they have gotten a ton of justified praise for their demeanor and confidence this year. It's a lot easier to do that when you're playing with Zach ED. Um and and their roles have, you know, just it just it takes up a lot of pressure off, especially for Braden. I do think. Braden will be a big key in this game. Uh, you've talked about it. I use perimeter defenses four at times, yeah. um, most times, honestly. Um, can they keep Braden out of the lane? You know, how, how are they going to guard the ball screens? Um, this is when I think it would behoove Purdue to have Gillis out there. Um, because if they don't, you know, uh, we like first, and but, you know, I think they'll use Thompson to tag on a lot of ball screens. Um, you know, when, when, and, and help off first. And again, like just first just hasn't shown an ability to hit three threes in a game this year, you know, not that he can't make open threes. He certainly has. And, and at times in big, big spots. Um, but I think that would be the initial game plan, assuming Purdue manipulates it. So where they can't help off Morton on ball screens, like they usually do, you know, um, you know, I would expect Galloway to start on Braden. I don't know if you agree with that. Maybe Hutchifino, yeah. but. Um, no, not it can't be Hutchfino. Okay. Oh, but, Hutchifino. Wow, that's tough. Because do you it's do you want Galloway chasing off of a ton of off ball screens and lawyer, or do you want Galloway right. handling pick and roll? Because I don't trust Cop Hutchifino has to guard in either Morton. of those. Cop has yeah. to guard Morton, right? Prop, yeah, I would assume so. Unless they so. unless they throw unless they throw length at lawyer and just hope to you know put cop on lawyer and then yeah, you hide Hutchifino on Morton. That might be what they Galloway do. on Smith, yeah. Kind of hide hide Hood Shafino a little bit, yeah. And so that'll be the interesting chess match of it. Um, I don't, you know, there are some guys on either side who could be wild cards. You know, obviously we think about David Jenkins, who has no, uh, obviously he's rooting for Purdue. He plays for Purdue, but he has no no prior IU Purdue history, uh, yeah. coming from you know Utah and South Dakota and all those places. Um, and then they, you know, for them, I think some of their freshmen, CJ Gunn, Kayla Banks has been playing more. Uh, could one of those guys have like 10 points, you know, uh, could Tamar Bates hit some tough shots. He's, he's a tough shot maker, um, at times for them, you know, um, I think there's some wild cards on both sides. 
Marley Grenou, obviously, but I, I, you know, I think to me, the game will be decided. Can they keep Braden out of the paint and ball screens? And you, mm-hmm. you talked about what IU does, you know, what Purdue does is pretty simple too. It's a ton of action, but ultimately it's a transition ball screen. It's a drag for, for Braden on transition. And otherwise they're just trying to get Edie the ball in some form of fashion. Uh, there's a quite a bit of false action to get to that point, obviously that IU doesn't have, um, you know, in terms of how they run their offense, uh, there, there's not a whole lot of false action in IU's offense, uh, but they both teams have the same goal. Purdue's going to, you know, dress it up and IU's going to just say, no, we're just trying to get Trace the ball, you know. Um, so we'll see how they handle that. Like uh, Purdue's a tough team to prepare for. Uh, lots of articles, one article by the Athletics, Brian Hamilton, I think, really detailed how hard it is to prepare for the ED, you know, um, as far as you just don't have a guy to simulate that. You know, and, and Trace mm-hmm. has seen him before, obviously, but Renew has not. He's currently the backup five, you know, and, and a lot of these guys haven't been in that situation and they haven't seen this version of Edie, obviously, with a point guard who can get him the ball. Uh, with a group of guys, I think a lot of a big part of the game last year was Trey Galloway uh, really winning the mental battle with Jaden Ivey. Um, he really got under Jaden's skin last year in that, that game at Assembly Hall, yeah. and, and it kind of took Jaden out of the game a little bit, uh, I felt. Now, granted, Jaden almost banked in a step back three that would have sent the game to overtime, maybe even won the game. But, um, you know, I, I think that won't happen this year. I wouldn't think uh, this, this Purdue team feels quite a bit more secure in themselves, quite a bit more confident in themselves because they've done it on the road, haven't yet lost on the road. Um, so I think that that business-like mentality that Purdue's had this whole year, I know Brian Newbert's talked about a little bit of kind of like business trip uh, mentality has really served them well. If they can keep that up here, I think they should win the game. Um, but the variable here that that we can't really predict is the atmosphere. It will be off the charts. It should be worth four or five probably points in the betting line or whatever. Um, and it really is difficult to predict the impact that that atmosphere will have on everybody, you know, everybody involved. I mean, and, and also the officiating. That will be a big piece of this game as well. Um, if it's Courtney Green, I, I don't know. Purdue could be in trouble just because of how he calls games. You know, um, he lets bigs get away with quite a bit more. And and they have to. Like, that. that's the thing people don't understand. Like, you have to try and get away with stuff. Um, it's not that any team playing Edie isn't being, you know, is trying to be malicious. They're not. But they have to try something. You know, they, they just have to foul him or he's going to score every possession. And that is highlighted even more in this game. I really struggled to... I mean, I, I just don't know. I don't know how they're going to guard Edie. I really don't. Yeah, it's it, and that's you know that's that's the issue with this Purdue team is uh, yes. you figure out how to guard Edie, and then maybe you do figure out how to guard him, and then you know some guy hits nine threes off the bench. Uh, mm-hmm. Not saying that'll happen, but there's that aspect, and it's just it's it's going to be a fun matchup because um, you know if Purdue if Purdue can take away Trace. Or maybe not take away because I think Trace is good enough that he's just going to get his stats. Even Maryland, yeah. Like, yeah, he just gets his stats whether they're you know um, super impactful or not. Like he just gets his because he's that talented. Um, but like you take Trace away, and then it's like can guards you know can the IU guards really score? Coach Pino can. Um, the other ones I think are all pretty much you have to create for them. Maybe Bates has a little bit of juice, um, but. You know, it's, it's going to be interesting both ways. Um, let's say, hypothetically, Xavier Johnson is back and he plays 15 minutes. Does, does anything change for uh, you? Yeah, I think so, because I don't I don't know what it would look like. 
you know it, yeah. it gives them another guy who can dribble pass shoot a guy who's who we know is going to be up for big games so one thing about x he has showed that um over his time at iu like he has yeah. gotten up for big games and he really is a lot better than hood shafino in the pick and roll and and i think as far as giving the ball to trace he might not be better on pull-up jumpers um but those empty side pick and rolls that we've talked about have really killed Purdue at Mackey last year in the game they, they barely won over IU. Um, a lot of that was because of X and they're, they're really, they struggled to guard that pick and roll. Um, that was the thing last year, Xavier Johnson, he was the constant in both games that really performed at a high level for them. Uh, whereas Rob Finnessy was the flash in the pan, you know, um, so to speak there, but yeah, it, it's, that would be fascinating. I, I have, there's no way he's going to be at full strength. Um, no, so I, no I don't know what that would look like, but 15 minutes would be better than 15 minutes of CJ gun. Right. I mean, no offense yeah. to CJ, you know, like that's, it's just is what it is a little bit. I'm looking back here. Um, Trace Jackson Davis in games where that Purdue's had ED has never had more than two offensive rebounds in a game against Purdue. Um, oh. So I think that, could be part of this game. Trace has improved. Uh, but to your point, during this dominant stretch, like Edie, Trace gets quite a few of his points off being one of the best offensive rebounders in the in the conference, certainly in, mm -hmm. in maybe the country. You know, so if if Edie's just so big that he can kind of take that away, uh, I think that could be a big thing to watch. He had four offensive rebounds against Ohio State. Trace did. He had five against Maryland. Um, against Minnesota, he probably had now he had five, 16 defensive. So, you know, that that's where I think that may be a, a one of the keys as to why Edie's had some success against Trace is because he could just box him out and 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 that's one of their weapons. We we've seen as Purdue fans, one of the greatest weapons on offense, the most unguardable offense is missing threes that happen to go right into Edie's hands. Ethan Morton yeah. shoots a nice soft ball. It doesn't often go in. But it certainly doesn't uh, have many weird bounces. It pretty much goes straight up off the rim, and Edie's, there's, you're not boxing out Zach Edie. So you know, a lot of times he's going to come away with that rebound, and so you know that's been the case for IU as well. So if Edie can can kind of take that element of Trace's game away, I think that could could hurt uh, IU. But again, like Edie could get two quick fouls. Like who knows? You know, he's yeah. been great about it, but that could happen. And in comes Trey Kaufman Wren, the Southern Indiana kid, you know, like it, that that could throw a wrench in this whole thing. But if the two teams play stylistically how they have this whole season, neither of those two bigs will get into foul trouble because they've both been elite at not drawing fouls or not getting yeah. fouls. You know, For sure. No, and um, talking to that, like I use free throw rate is, is 250th in the country. It's not like they uh, draw a ton of fouls because – Honestly, it's just because Trace is more athletic than everybody. And so he just doesn't, he just avoids yes. contact because he just yes. doesn't need, he doesn't need to initiate it because he's just like, I'll just go over or around you and it doesn't matter. Um, you know, and then Huchifino's a lot of, he's more of a pull up. Um, like really, now that I think about it, like who's their, their only rim pressure is Trace, right? Like at least with yeah. Xavier Johnson out. Yeah. Um, here, I'm yeah. pulling up numbers real quick. Uh, this is bad podcasting, I know, but you just have to deal with it. Um, yeah, Trace has taken 213 shots at the rim. Hutchifino is next on the – oh, no. Renew is next on the team with 81. Right. Um, and then, you know, Race is 60. Hutchifino is 56. So, 
you know, Trace is, is a ton of game. He's like 10, 11 per game. And then the next closest is Renew with like two to three a game or four a game. Um, so, yeah, you know, this wow. isn't, aside from Trace, this isn't a team that's going to get to the rim a ton. No, it's just a, it's a game where, again, it, it, it Purdue's going to dare them to take tough twos. Um, but they also don't have a lot of guys who, you know, I, I think they're going to dare them to take tough twos and, and semi contested threes certainly for Miller cop and, um, and Trey Galloway and Tamar Bates and some of those guys. And, you know, against Maryland, Maryland only allowed 11 threes in that game that then Indian mm. even took. They only went three for 11 from three Galloway hitting two of them. So, you know, I, I think it's not, I don't want to hesitate to say this as a Purdue fan could come back to look bad. I don't think it's a great matchup for Indiana. Um, I don't think anybody's really a good matchup at this point for Purdue. Um, they've shown that to be the case other than maybe Rutgers. Um, but at the same time, I, I really, and that's what I'm cautioning a lot of, a lot of, we had a lot of Purdue fans on our boilers in the stands post game last night, like confident. Oh, I Purdue by 15 easy. You're, I think you are really underrating the, the assembly hall factor in that. And I think the, yeah. the betting line will show that. I don't think Purdue will be, I think Purdue will be favored probably by a couple points, maybe one or two points, maybe three or four points. I don't know. Um, but again, like without Geronimo, I think he makes a difference because he, he's not a guy that he can guard, you know, no. he's, he's, he's a, he's a guy that you have to have Gillis or first on him. Not that he's an elite shooter himself. He's not that great of a shooter, but you know, he can he's stretch the floor athletic. a little bit. He's absolutely a type of guy who could hit four for five from three in this type of game off just yep. wide open corner threes he's super athletic um he can put the ball on the floor he can drive a 63 percent on twos you know uh this season and and so he's a guy who who again not having him i think is a big loss for indiana because race it, it, you know with his injury has really looked slow out there um in a in a way that you don't really expect him to attack those closeouts if it is Edie or if it is, you know, a quick rotation scramble drill kind of thing, like you don't expect race to, to make you pay for that. And you don't expect yeah. them to make you pay from three. So uh, him having to play all these minutes, I don't think is great for them because I think they'd rather have Geronimo doing it. And Renew is just tough to play at the four next to Trace because their skill sets kind of overlap. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. It's interesting. Maybe they try to go small. I don't know. Maybe they try to go Miller Cop at the four. Um, yeah. and just try to spread you out, you know, put Bates in there um and just try to try to spread us out a little bit um not saying that that would be the most effective strategy because i think you just get you get eaten alive on the offensive glass but yeah. you know i guess i mean again it's like you got to pick your poison and some there's some aspect of the game where purdue's going to have a big advantage over you at all times it's just a matter of can you overcome that with kind of outlier performances in other areas like for example effective field goal percentage where iu i think is pretty high up there what are they 17th 17th in the country and 22nd in three-point percentage so that that to me is i used way to win this game you know go hit 10 threes um and 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 hope trace can kind of hold his own inside yeah no i'm 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 with you on all that um i feel like we've touched on everything pretty much i you i use gonna play drop right against yeah yeah um so yeah smith's gonna have to be good um you know knock down shots i'll let's Let's kind of wrap this up, at least on the IU front. Um, and I think you kind of mentioned yours throughout, but let's say that, you know, like what's your one or two like key things you'll be looking for, um, or maybe like one thing from each side, like one thing for Purdue, one thing for IU you'll be looking for. 
Okay, let's do that. Let's also give a score prediction. Let's do that. Okay. Too. So that way we can just get um, roasted when we're way off. Yes. 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 Okay. So offensively, for about oh, one for Purdue and one for IU. Or whatever. One you offense, guys, one defense. That works see, for me. You guys can see we really prepare for this uh, before. Yeah. Yeah. So for Purdue, I think it'll be, you know, um, how, how do they contain Hood Shafino in the mid range? Uh, well, I guess that's IU. For IU, I think it'll be can Hood Shafino make his pull up twos and, mm-hmm. and, and threes if he's given them. Um, what does Jalen Hood Shafino do? Does he, does he, is it Maryland Hood Shafino who is just abysmal one for 12 from the two point range? Most of those being pull ups. Or do you get, you know, Ohio State Hood Shafino who had six threes and a half? You know, his variance is off the charts, and I think he, that will be a big determinant in the game. I think for Purdue, can you play your game? Um, can you hit enough three-point shots on the road, you know, to supplement all the attention that Edie's getting? I think Edie will will have his 25 and 15. Um, but, you know, can can you hit, you know, eight? Can you go eight for 18 from three, assuming it's an Edie-centric game plan? You know, can you go, what, what was it, seven for 17 against Michigan State? Like, can yep. you do something in that ballpark to supplement that? And can Braden be effective in the pick and roll? Will Braden be locked in from the jump and, and looking for his own shot? Because when that's happened for Purdue, good things have, have followed. Yeah. Um, for me, yeah. Offense, I think I, the more I think about it, um, I think it really just comes down to the freshman guards for Purdue on offense. Like, if, if Lawyer and Smith can cook and, you know, they can get into the lane, they can hit pull-ups, they can hit their jumpers, like, I don't know what IU does then because I, and this is me assuming, right. Um, I assume that they're just going to give so much attention to, to Edie one to, because Edie is, you know, Zach Edie and dominant and two, just, you got to protect trace at some point with fouls in that. Um, so I assume a lot of attention is there. So it's like, can, you know, these guards really just set Edie up. Can they set themselves up um, and, and attack this perimeter defense for IU that I don't think has been great. We've both said this has not been great. Um, their defense is fine because Trace is an elite rim protector. Um, and yes. so you can just run stuff at Trace and then he's going to block it. But now if Smith gets into the lane and Trace steps up, it's it's not a floater that, you know, Trace blocks or a shot. It's a lob to seven foot four rolling Edie. Um, so yeah, that'll or, be interesting. Or a kick out to the lift man or a kick out to yeah. the lift man. You know? Yeah, 100%. So, and then for, yeah, the other side, I think, um, you know, I'll, I'll choose a different one. I think yours is right with just Hochefino pull-ups. Um, just how are we, you know, how is Purdue going to defend the pick and roll? Are they going to be able to limit um, Trace at the lobs? You know, like, are they going to be able to slow him down, not let him just grab and go? Uh, probably those two things specifically. The lobs scare me just off a of pick and roll. And then the, you know, kind of bring the court ball off the court and self-creation. So, um, but yeah, I think that's, I feel like that's pretty much everything I can think of for this topic. Um, if, if Trace gets in foul trouble, like you said, this is a big game, big thing because I use about 20 points per 100 possessions better when he's on the floor wow. compared to when he's off, wow. which is per yeah. hoop explorer. So Edie's also like he's like 21 or 22. Um, this is the, his net rating too. So, and the one thing on the pick and rolls that I think I forgot to mention real quick is I think they will employ the Michigan strategy of I, I do, th- I'm starting to think now that Edie will just guard Trace and. And first, we'll help way off on on off race types and to take away the lob threat. I think they'll do that. They did that with Michigan, where first helped way off, but then he took away the the pick and pop because that was Dickinson's thing. But now yeah. it's the lob threat on those empty sides. I think first we'll just sprint all the way over, and they'll take their chances with Thompson. You know, getting a kick out three. And that's where 
that's where I think first is is big for this game is like he's that's as good as Gillis is defensively, Gillis is not a secondary rim protector. First can be no. just at his size and length. Um so like first is, no, realistically, is... I don't know how well Gillis can do as the tag man on a trace lob. First at least could contest. You know, Trace is probably yes. still gonna get his, yep. but first can get there. Like you said, he'll, you know, they did it against Michigan, just way, way come over. Um, pretty much ignore, you know, first this guy and then see what happens there. Yeah, and who do they have that we can't ignore? First guy, you know, I mean, again, top would be the guy at the four. And they don't do a lot of that, though. They didn't do a lot of that. My score prediction is going to be Purdue 76, IU 71. Okay. I was going, we were pretty much the same. I was Purdue 74 to IU 70. Um, Okay. So we're both predicting a Purdue win. It's going to backfire if IU wins. We're going to get a lot of hate for that, I'm sure. Uh, I don't know how many IU fans listen to this pod, but. Uh, probably not probably, many, but uh, yeah, well, probably not. Yeah, many. but yeah, no, it's hey, gonna be a good game. I'm excited. But hey, share it with your IU friends because we were we were fairly partial here in this analysis of this game. So yeah. If you want, uh, if you have IU friends, I'm sure all all Purdue fans do. Share it, get it out there, get spread the word uh, before the game. They could this will be a good preview for them to listen to. Yeah, for sure. I feel like we did pretty good of of. You know, I we're we're not people that are just like, oh, I use gonna suck. Like we were like, oh no, they, there's definitely there's a lot of good things about them. So um yeah, they're a good team. It'll be a, a great challenge for Purdue, probably their best challenge of the year. We said that earlier, probably the toughest game they'll play given yeah. the, the uh the opponent. I, I don't know if we had we had anything on the Big Ten. I, I wanted to touch on just on the Big Ten at whole, like kind of do a little bu- bubble watch kind of thing, um, given mm-hmm. that we're now in February, like maybe at the tail end of these big 10 pods, this has obviously been more Purdue centric, but um, just kind of looking at where the league sits in terms of the tournament. Uh, that's obviously a big talking point every year. I think right now uh, the consensus and I'm no bracket expert, but sort of the, the bracketology picture looks like uh, I think nine teams probably at this point are feeling fairly good about where they sit. Um, Lenardi from ESPN has Penn state, in the last four in and he updated that the other day. So they may not be on the, on the outside looking in, but um, it looks like Maryland and Penn state are kind of those. And this again, probably before that Maryland uh, IU game, but I think right now you're looking at probably nine bids uh, Wisconsin, Ohio state have quite a bit of work to do those two teams. Yep. Um, and Michigan. They do, yeah. And Michigan, well, Michigan I think is just, Michigan's yeah. done. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I think Michigan, you can you can close the book on them. Ohio State does host Wisconsin on Thursday. So the winner of that game, the loser of that game may be kind of really in trouble. Um, the winner maybe kind of pushes them back into into contention. You look at Ohio State, um, they go to Michigan after that and then host Northwestern. So that's a stretch where they could gain some ground back if they play, you know, at all better than they have this season. Uh Shout out to our guy Joey, who was on the pod. He thought yep. that thought that uh that Iowa game might have been a turnaround moment, and then they they go and uh, get beat by Illinois and IU on the road in tough environments, obviously. But they they could really use that Wisconsin game to to get back in the picture. They're they're still in it. Like Lenardi has them in the next four out. Uh, their metrics are so good, their computer metrics. So uh, I think yeah. they're looking at at being potentially you know, back in, if they can just kind of win a few more, climb their way back in. Um, they yep. do have an opportunity at Mackey, so that could be a chance for them to get a signature win that 
that would certainly get them in. And then everybody else seems to be pretty safe here, like Illinois, IU, um, Rutgers, Michigan State, um, you know, Iowa. Those Iowa's in. I was a nine seed here. So those those teams are gonna live in that Maryland's a ten seed. Those teams are gonna live in that five to ten range, I think. And I don't know. I mean, it's always been the whole like, yeah, Big Ten can't win in March. I, I do think some of those teams have a little more potential this year to knock off uh to win some games. Like I think I don't I wouldn't really want to see IU in March. I wouldn't no. really want to see Illinois in March. Um, even Michigan nope. State, I think. I think Michigan State's guard play, you know, I think they'd be a tough out. Like I think they if they they're in an eight nine or a seven ten game, you know, I, I don't know. I think, you know, this this one's got them playing Boise State, kind of like that matchup and then they'd play Arizona. I I'd like them to give Arizona a run for their money, you know. So um obviously Purdue is appears to be knock on wood the the best chance maybe for the big 10 to reach a final four this season but uh, all these yeah. other teams are are not going to be pushovers in the in the way that um like even this one has penn state as an 11 versus six st mary's st mary's wouldn't want to see penn state i can guarantee you that that'd be a te- so, that'd be a bad matchup for them so very bad you know I, um it's gonna be interesting like i i'm still big on illinois is a is there for postseason play um like they're a team that just nobody's going to want to see yeah yeah now they could just randomly have that game where they just don't move the ball and they put up like 55 points um you know that that's yeah but they're improving they're improving rapidly so no for sure i think i think the the big 10 is going to do they have opportunities to do pretty well um you know purdue obviously being elite illinois and indiana if they get hot like they can for sure make a run um, you know, Rutgers, they're th- I don't know if I trust their offense enough to really say that, but no, their defense is so elite. Can, yeah, they can make things ugly, them in Northwestern. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. If they can just yeah, muck up the game, like they're they're the best at that in the basically the country, uh, besides yeah, Tennessee, right. probably. And so like that can happen. If Penn State randomly is just like, all right, we're gonna hit 15 threes for three straight games, like okay, that that can be tough. Yeah. Um yeah, I was, you know, introduced that death lineup recently, going Murray at yeah. the five um, with with perimeter players around him since Connor McCaffrey now can shoot um, just out of nowhere. That'll be a fun one to watch Purdue, how they handle that. Uh, obviously, when Iowa comes to Mackey in a couple of weeks, or maybe it's next Thursday. A week, week from, from today. today. Yeah, yeah. So, so. Uh, that'll be a good matchup. We'll both be in attendance there. Uh, Joe, you got anything else? So we can kind of wrap this up here. Yeah, I don't don't think so. Um no, I, it's going to be. I'm. I am very much looking forward to this IU game. Um, I don't know if yes. I'm looking forward to the Twitter that you know. It's been the, toxic. The, yeah, it's been but, real toxic this year with the ED Trace uh, discourse. Like the the thing is, and I know I'm going to get probably hate for this. Is like both ED and Trace can be very very good. Um, like they both without can, yeah right yeah there, it is allowed for both of them to be elite. If one of them plays well and one of them plays bad. Uh, this upcoming game, it does not mean that whoever played bad is a worse player necessarily. Um, you know, and then for we'll talk about the Big Ten Player of the Year race maybe next week. Maybe that'll be our Big Ten show. Uh, oh, yeah. But that, that'll be it's going to be just it's going to be fun seeing how all that folds out. Um, but one thing that is for sure: win, lose, five OTs, no OTs, whatever. As soon as the final buzzer sounds, we'll be live on Boilers in the Stands. Uh, that is Braggs at Braggs in the Stands on YouTube. 
Um, we'll be a live show. It's me, Aiden, Braggs, um, a lot of you may know from Twitter, and then Craig Bowers, who's from Boiler Diehards. Um, maybe you know some some stuff in the works for some others to come on, but to be determined there. Um, yeah, win or lose, come in, hang out. You know, we have, we have a pretty active chat, which is fun. You know, we bring up comments, answer questions, and just talk about whatever. Um, it's going to be a good show, win or lose. So definitely tune into that. Um, and yeah, if, hey, you're somehow, if you somehow haven't heard of that, you know, I mean, there's a lot of carryover probably from the pod to the show uh, yeah. here with our listeners. But yeah, like really encourage everyone. It's a really good show. Uh, we we've done one now, I think ever since that Ohio State game. They yeah. haven't lost while we've been doing shows. Um, but they're yeah. on a, a nine-game winning streak, obviously, where we have some – yeah, we, we literally – they started their winning streak right when we did our, our first Foilers in the Stands You're right. uh, on the Bags in the Stands YouTube show. So uh, looking to keep it rolling Saturday. It will be a fun show for sure. And, and we have really – we really decided not to send anybody because we wanted to be, um, you know, in our, in our homes and at our stations, as Braggs likes to say you know, ready to yeah. hit record, um, ready to hit go live, you know, right when, right when that buzzer sounds and we can bring you guys that instant reaction um, to obviously what is maybe the biggest game of Purdue's season. Uh, obviously, you know, and I think you're about to ask me, you can find me guys on Twitter uh, at Aiden Koontz, A-I-D-A-N-K-U-N-S-T. Um, not posting much right now, been super busy with basketball, uh, but looking to hopefully put out some content this weekend uh, that relates to the the Purdue IU game, maybe some different sets and stuff that Purdue's showed. Um, you know, I, I think I'll probably be more a little more active here as the basketball season. My basketball season winds down. It is February, which means it's sectional month in uh, in Indiana, as a lot of our listeners probably know. So, uh, a couple of weeks here, we'll be getting ready to to uh, try and cut down those nets. The best time of the year for for Indiana high school basketball. There's no question about that. Yeah, without a doubt, it's a it's a Good time to be a basketball fan for sure. Um, with that, and then March Madness is going to be behind that, and yeah, yep. this is a good time overall. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Joe underscore Jackson twenty two ten. Do film breakdowns as always. Um, you know, we'll have one for the Penn State game. We'll have one for that U game the day after. Um, just wrote an article at cvbreview.com about how David Jenkins is kind of finding his role. Just you know, he we had, we did an interview with him on Brags in the Stands, and uh, just a really good interview that I also recommend there. So. Um, and then for feed the post, follow us at feed the post underscore on Twitter, uh, more just for organizational purposes as of now, but maybe we will actually get that going soon. Um, we are on Apple, Google, and Spotify. So make sure to like, and share that, you know, we want to keep growing, uh, maybe get some guests on here in the future. So, um, we appreciate you all tuning in and then we will catch you in the next one.